to our service this morning. Thank you for being a part of the service with us this morning. We come together each Sunday morning to worship the Lord. Let's begin our time together uh, with a word of prayer. Our Father, thank you for all of the many things that you give to us. And our Father, we're especially thankful for the beautiful day that you've given us to assemble. We pray that as we come together today, that we will come together to worship you. And Father, we pray that you'll be with this congregation. Help us to see all of the great things that we can accomplish if we're all working together. We pray that you'll be with Brother Ken as he brings a message today. May it be something that will be useful for us to put into our everyday lives that we can be better Christians in your sight. These things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. To begin worship this morning, we will sing 716, Sing to Me of Heaven. I will sing the first and the last verse. Sing to me of heaven, sing that song Yeah. <laughs> 
Thank you so much for this day, this opportunity to come together as brothers and sisters before your throne, to lift songs of praise to you, to lift up our wants and our needs to you, Father, knowing that you are the awesome God and the provider of all things. We pray that you'll bless this time as we focus on you. May we put all the other things out of our mind so that we can absorb the things that have been prepared for our hearts today, Father, so that we may implement them in our lives. Father God, I pray for each that have a part in this service today. May each do it to your glory and to your honor. Father God, there's those in our hearts throughout this congregation that we lift up to you. You know those needs, you know those wants. And Father God, we pray that you'll act and help us to be your hands and feet to the community and to, to those that surround us. Father God, we ask in your guidance in all that we do, may we always seek it. May we always put your will before our own. Be with us throughout the rest of this worship. Help us to glorify you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. The Lord's uh, the song the song of invitation tonight will be or today will be nine forty eight. I am resolved. The song before the lesson today will be four twelve. Jesus, hold my hand. I'll be singing the first and the last verse. As I travel through this field, when I'm on my face, Oh, my God. 
Joshua chapter 1, verses 7 through 8. Joshua 1, 7 through 8. Only be strong and very courageous, that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Good morning, everyone. Great to see you today. Boy, the sun's been up a long time, hasn't it? Seems like it's midday already. And it's funny because it's like I never remember these time changes, how it made me feel the last time. And I've been doing this, I've been doing this a long time. It just always seems like a shock when we change the time. But if you were here an hour early, wasn't it wonderful, you know? Got to stand around and wait on us to get here. And I'm thankful for your perseverance in that. Today we are looking again, as we have done at least once a month throughout the year, at our theme, to seek and to do. We're drawing from Ezra chapter 7 and verse 10, where that text says that Ezra prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it, and to teach statutes and ordinances in Israel. So Ezra had a certain mindset, didn't he? First of all, he wanted to make sure that his heart was right, that he had prepared it to seek the law of the Lord. And then when he sought the law of the Lord, he wrote that on his heart. And then he taught statutes and ordinances to everybody else. That's a great formula for success. It's our desire, I hope it is, to seek and to do. We want to seek the Lord's way. We want to implement it in our own life for sure. Make the changes that are necessary. And then... We're going to extend that to others. It's going to result in action. Today, as you could notice from the text, we have what I consider to be the formula for guaranteed success. Now, this particular section of our study is dealing with how we're implementing God's way into a sense of stewardship or ownership. I, I am taking care of the things that God owns. I, I am using those things to His glory. And as a steward, I want to be successful. I, I want God to see me as faithful. It's helpful, I think, and I hope you'll think so too, 
when we look at those individuals who are directly instructed by God as to what they were supposed to do and what God's expectation of them was. So if I can know what God wanted of them, I can be certain of what God wants of me. So today we're going to see successful stewardship as it is dependent upon our ceaseless meditation, our faithful obedience, and our steady action. Before we start that, let's pray that God will bless us in our study together. Our Father in heaven, we thank you so much for the blessing of this day. So beautiful. And Lord, we're praying that just as, as our moods are lifted by the environment that we're in, that our spirits will follow and that we will soar. And especially in this time, as we're together with our family, we pray, Father, that you will strengthen our bonds together and that all of us together will be a part of this quest to seek and to do, just as those who were faithful in your eyes were able to accomplish great things to your name's honor and glory. We're praying that in our own time, in these circumstances, that as your church, no matter what anybody else does, that we'll be committed to the same things. We'll seek out your will and that we will implement it. And in the process of that, we'll encourage one another. Help me today, Lord, that I can communicate as, as best I'm able the things that are found here in this text and to do the best I can to instill a sense of promise that you've given, that if we'll stick to these things, you'll give us success. And I pray for those who hear it, Lord, please, please open all our ears. We can listen to what you have to say and that we can implement it and have the guaranteed success that you offer. Thank you for all of that. And thank you for what you'll do in us today as a result of it. In Jesus' name, amen. So in World War II, there was a very famous admiral. He became a fleet admiral. I think, at least at the time, only four such admirals ever existed. This guy's name was William F. Halsey. Someone was talking to him about Wow, all of his accomplishments and the courage that he had in battle and leading men and all of that. And he said, let me just stop you right there. He said, there are no great men. There are only great challenges that ordinary men like you and me are faced by circumstances to meet. A lot of truth in that, isn't there? It's not really about me. It's about what I do in the face of the circumstances that present themselves. I may, I may be just ordinary person, but God help me that when the opportunities arise, that when the challenges come before me, that I can rise to the occasion. I mean, that's the hope of all of us, isn't it? As children of God, that when challenges arise, we'll be able to face them. A friend of mine once said that we're just ordinary people doing extraordinary things. And I would add to that that we're able to do these extraordinary things, although we are ordinary, 
because we are doing them in service to an almighty, all-powerful God. And so whatever it is that we accomplish, we accomplish to His glory. The world doesn't see it that way. The world has kind of a pull myself up by my bootstraps sort of mentality. Although oftentimes that mentality isn't really about what I've done for myself, but basically what's been given to me. That's how a lot of people start, right? Success is often judged not by what we've accomplished, but by basically either what's been given to us or what's gravitated our way. Sometimes success is measured by wealth. Sometimes success is measured by physical appearance. Sometimes success is measured by your athletic ability or your intellect. Now, I don't know if you judged yourself on the basis of some of those things as to whether you are successful worldly or not. But look, if you're not wealthy and you're not, you know, model level beautiful, and if you're not athletically equipped and you're not necessarily a great intellect, I don't know. World doesn't see you as very successful. And sadly, most of us, <laughs> most of us fit in the category of not successful according to those standards. I, I will tell you now, I don't really care what the world thinks. I'm only concerned with what God thinks. And the things that God can do of an extraordinary nature when he uses ordinary people like you and me. In Matthew chapter 6 and verse 24, we're challenged to make a decision about that. No one can serve two masters. For either he'll hate the one and love the other, or else he'll be loyal to the one and despise the other. You can't serve God and mammon. So get it out of your mind. Even if you said, as I went through that list, check, <laughs> you know, I'm a success. Forget it. Because that is not how God is measuring our success. God is going to measure our success in terms of our willingness to submit to his will. And while we're on this theme of stewardship, I would remind us of 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 2, that it's required in stewards that one be found faithful. Now, here is Joshua. Joshua was preparing to lead the people of God as Moses had done for 40 years prior. Moses was a great admired leader, and now he is gone, and Joshua is the man. And God says, I'm going to take you. If you will submit to me, if you will put into place these certain factors, I will guarantee your success. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. Successful stewardship, at least in Joshua's case, was dependent upon ceaseless meditation. Meditate upon that word day and night. 
Oh, listen, sometimes we will come up with some of the, well, I'm just going to put out there right now, some of the lamest excuses of why it is we're not where we should be in our relationship with God. If anybody had the excuses to kind of pull himself away from meditation and dedication upon the word of God, it was absolutely Joshua. Because Joshua was a busy man. And not just at one moment in his life, it seems like his entire life was just filled with all kinds of responsibility. Back in the book of Exodus, chapter 17, verses 8 and 9. It is this Joshua who is singled out to be the military leader of God's people as they war against Amalek. Moses' hand chooses Joshua. Joshua, you're the guy. He was successful in that. If anybody could offer the excuse, I'm too busy. How about, how about a man of war? I mean, I got lives at stake here. I don't have time to study God's word. I'm going to trust God, but, you know, I just can't get into the details so much. Or Joshua is also that, also that guy who was the associate of Moses. Some people don't realize this, but when Moses went up on Mount Sinai to receive the Ten Commandments, Joshua went at least for a distance with Moses, and he returned with Moses. So Joshua was there sort of as a, a kind of liaison. He, he was there in a sort of protective measure. Joshua was the man handpicked for that role, chapter 24. And then it was Joshua also who had been chosen to be separated or segregated with the tabernacle. In chapter 33 at verse 11, the tabernacle had been separated from the people because of their idolatry. No one was allowed in his presence except, well, that guy, Joshua, handpicked by Moses. If ever there were a guy who were busy, it's him. And then, you know, as things progressed and we're getting ready, at least in the first attempt to go into the land of promise, there were 12 spies selected to go into that land and check it out. And according to the book of Numbers, chapter 13, verse 8, and then clarified who he is in verse 16, is none other than our Joshua. Joshua was chosen to be one of those spies, ahead of his own tribe. This guy was busy. I don't know about you. You ever stop and think, well, I, I wish I could meditate I could devote myself to the Word of God more. I'm just, you know what? I'm just busy. Joshua was a busy guy. But God said, look, as busy as you are, and I know you're busy. I'm, I'm putting these things on you. I am choosing you, according to our text, be the leader of these people. You're going to lead them into this promised land. This is a big deal. But... As you are going about doing this, you be sure that you meditate on the Word of God day and night. Be committed to what I say, and I'm going to give you the success that all of us are hoping for. Same for us. I don't know what excuses we could offer, but here's what I know about the promises associated with 
a meditation and a dedication upon the Word of God. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17 gives us a beautiful picture of the importance of studying that Word. That text says that that Word is inspired of God. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete thoroughly equipped for every good work. Whatever it is, whatever category you might find yourself in, as you are studying and contemplating the Word of God, it's just like God just, just fills us with the answers. But that's only going to be accomplished if we dedicate ourselves, motivate ourselves to put our minds to that Word. Let the Word of God be absorbed into us. Write that Word on our hearts. It will change us. In fact, it, it's like a workman, right? 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15. Be diligent or study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman who, who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Ken, I don't understand what this means. Oftentimes, we'll just kind of pick a few verses out. We'll read it, maybe even read it as a devotional type passage. But we haven't really meditated or studied upon the word to see its context, the environment in which that word is seated. And we just come away with a lack of understanding. Paul encourages us to roll up our sleeves and to dig into that word and work it in order that that word might find its rightful place in us, become useful in the development of us spiritually. When Paul was talking to the Thessalonian brethren about the message that they were hearing, in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 15, he says, Stand fast and hold the traditions which you were taught, whether by word or our epistle. Now to us it would be as you've heard it from the epistle. As you have read the message, but can you imagine living in the first century setting where you might have a letter or two, but you actually have access to a living apostle? And yet you and I have the absolute confidence in knowing that God has inspired a, a, a plethora of messages to all kinds of churches in the first century and to individuals for the purpose of developing our knowledge of Jesus, of developing faith in us and creating steadfastness. I'm so thankful for the word of God, but it is of no use spiritually unless we truly meditate upon it and dig into it. But here's the whole thing. Not only am I going to ceaselessly meditate upon that, but okay, so I've meditated on it. Meditated on it. What, what good is it to me? It's supposed to be developing my faith. It's supposed to be helping me to grow. In 2 Peter chapter 1, beginning at verse 5. But also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. Virtue, knowledge, knowledge, self-control, self-control, perseverance, perseverance, godliness, godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. For if these things are yours and abound, you'll neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Therefore, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. 
For so an entrance will be supplied you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You are not going to stumble, the text says, if you are active in the application of the things that you have learned. So start at faith, sure. But we are building in our relationship with the Lord and certainly with one another to an end of spiritual maturity. And that maturity is going to assure us of our heavenly home. It's going to open the doors of heaven wide open. But not only successful stewardship depending on our ceaseless meditation, it's also dependent upon faithful obedience. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe to do all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. You can prosper and you can have success, he says, if you will be constant in this word. Having strength and courage. I love it. The confidence. Faithfully obedient. Sticking to it. I'm thinking about steadfastness in terms of obedience as pertains to Joshua. Because when he was steadfastly obedient, when he never turned to the right hand or to the left, he had success. Okay, let's derive from that. If I will be steadfastly obedient, then I'll have success too. I will. So Ezra did it that way. He, he's kind of been our guy all year. I see Joshua doing it that way. God instructing him, I'm giving you a guarantee for your success. Okay. But you know, the Bible is replete with examples of men and women who all did the same thing. They were faithful. They were obedient to the Lord. And they never, ever, ever stopped even if it resulted in their death, even if it resulted in them not actually seeing the ultimate end of the promise that God had given, realizing maybe at the end of their course that their part was only a small section of a larger work that God had employed. And so all these individuals working together in their steadfast obedience, in their faithfulness to the Lord, accomplishing together over decades of time, a tremendous work for God. Abel was like that. Abel demonstrated his faithfulness to God. And the Bible says that though he is dead, yet he still speaks of that faithfulness. Same thing with Enoch. Enoch lived for 365 years. And then he was translated so that he did not see death. For he was and, and, and then he was not. Noah a preacher of righteousness to an unrighteous generation, preached to the entire world and only resulted in the salvation of eight people in an ark. But them being there again on the basis of their faithful obedience. You've got a guy by the name of Abraham, the father of the faithful, one who played the initial part, but did not complete that part. He only saw generation after generation in his own heart with the anticipation of a heavenly home that God had promised. 
So that involved Abraham and Sarah, his wife, along with Isaac and Jacob and all of those brothers as they formulated a nation through which God would ultimately bring about the fulfillment of his promises. There were people like Moses who came along and did their part. And even a foreigner by the name of Rahab. All of those names permanently inscribed in what we often refer to as the Hall of Fame of Faith. Hebrews chapter 11. At verse 32, and what shall I more say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon, of Barak, of Samson, of Jephthah, of David also, and Samuel, and of the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword. Out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead, raised to life again. And others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others had trial of cruel mockings and scourging, shame, moreover, of bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn asunder, were tempted, were slain with a sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains and dens and caves of the earth. And these all having obtained a good report through faith, listen now, received not the promise. God having provided some better thing for us that they without us should not be made perfect. Every one of them played their role. They didn't see the end of it. But you and I are the beneficiaries of the steadfast faithfulness in their lives. Faithful obedience, generation after generation after generation, resulted in our blessing so that we could obey the gospel and be saved. Aren't you thankful that there were people who tuned in to this idea of the guarantees that God offers? If I will remain faithful, I can be a part of this plan. Not even seeing the end of it. Boy, I'm grateful as, as can be. And then successful stewardship, it's also dependent upon what I'm going to call steady action. And that is, it isn't just committing myself for a time or for a little while, but it is a commitment of a lifetime. God says in verse 9, have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed. Listen to this. For the Lord your God is with you. Maybe I'm making too much of this. But when I hear that, I hear something pretty special. The Lord your God is with you. Not that, hey, you know, if, if troubles come along or if that opportunity you've been waiting a lifetime for actually shows up, then hey, give me a call, give me a heads up, and then I'll be right there. You know, now I am taking care of other stuff that's going on in the world, so it might take a little while, and sometimes maybe that's how we feel. Oh, I prayed to the Lord, He didn't hear my prayer. That is not what this text says. This text does not say, just hang on, God will get there as soon as He can. Listen now. He says that the Lord is with you. He never left. If, if I'm going to trust in the Lord 
then here's how I'm going to trust. I'm going to trust that not only is he there for those big moments in my life, you know what? He's here right now. And he's not going anywhere. As long as I will have the commitment to be strong and courageous. If I'll not be afraid, if I will not be filled with despair and dismay, the Lord has promised that he is absolutely with us. Now, I know that was true with Joshua. I have the history of it. I can read it. But I'm telling you that that is true here as well. And with that confidence, knowing that the Lord is here, the action isn't intermittent. It isn't just showing up once in a while. It is a lifetime of steady action. Do you think that when Jesus spoke, he was thinking about the time in which we live so that we could take little quips of his messages and put them on Facebook or on a Pinterest meme or maybe on Instagram? Is that why he said all the wonderful things that he said? So that we can just come up with nice little quips to influence our friends and think that we're pretty sharp? The answer is no. God wrote those things. God preserved those things so that not only, not only would they make an impact on our hearts, but that they would result in action. In fact, at the end of one of those wisdom-packed sermons of Jesus, in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24, Jesus puts it just exactly that way. He says, He who hears these sayings of mine and does them will be like a man who built his house on the rock. The rains descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it stood. And here's why. Because it was founded on the rock. But those who hear these things of mine and do not do them will be like a man who built his house on the sand. The rains descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. So I hear, I'm building a house. But am I acting on, on what I'm hearing Jesus say? I say, boy, that was a good one. Yeah, but is that good one, that great statement there, translating into some action in my life? Is it making a difference? Is my life reflecting it? When I write that, do I say, boy, that was a novel idea? Because what that reveals in me is that, wait a minute, did I not know this? I mean, did, have I not been living this? Steady action is what's required. James says in James chapter 1, 22, but be hearers of the, hearers of the word, uh, be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who observes his natural face in a mirror. He observes himself and goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But whoever looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. Want to be blessed in what you do? Yes, Ken, I do. Well, hear it and then do it. I want to be what you want to be. I want to be strong in the Lord. Just as God promised Joshua, do you know God promises you something special too? If you'll heed these things, God is promising by the power of His Word to so implement you 
that you can go into a world that has its own expectations or suppositions of what success is and truly rival what the world offers with what you are. Ephesians chapter 6, beginning verse 10. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Be watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Put on the armor of God. Be strong in this battle. Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid. Don't be filled with despair. God wants you to be successful. God has offered you the guarantee of a lifetime to be the steward that you always wanted to be, but felt so inadequate. Inadequacy is coming simply because we're trying to do it our way and not the Lord's way. Today, let's submit to the Lord. Let's do that. Let's make our commitment. We're going to meditate on that word day and night. We're going to be strong and courageous. We're not going to turn away from it to the left hand or to the right. And as a result of that, maybe we'll be able to say in the end what Joshua said in the end. Joshua said, Joshua 24, verse 15, As for me and my house, we, we will serve the Lord. Don't care what anybody else is going to do. If we're alone, we're alone. But as far as we're concerned, it's with the Lord. How about you? You're a child of God. Are you strong and courageous? Are you unafraid? Or is there something? Let's get rid of that today. If it's sin, you can repent of that. If it's just uncertainties and doubt, know that the Lord isn't just planning to show up. He's already here. We need to pray about that. Let's pray together about it. It'll strengthen all of us. Maybe you're not a child of God today. You can have ultimate success. The world is beating you up because you are missing the mark. But I'm telling you today, you can be a child of God, a full success, an eternal success. If you believe He's the Son of God, Jesus is, that God raised Him from the dead. If you're ready to repent, turn away from your sins, confess that faith, you can be buried in water today, have your sins washed away, rise up in newness of life. That is a triumph. Have courage to respond today. If you need to, why don't you come while we stand and sing?
If you need emblems to observe the Lord's Supper with, if you'll hold up your hands, the ushers will bring you some of the emblems. Thank you, Brother Foster, for leading us in that great song to prepare our minds to observe the Lord's Supper. You know, the Apostle Paul was in a special situation in that some of his instructions came directly from Jesus. He acknowledged that in 1 Corinthians, the 11th chapter. I'd like to read just a few of the words that Paul said he received from Jesus. Beginning in verse 23, For I have received of the Lord that which I delivered also unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he brake it and said, Take eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This you do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. As we prepare to partake of the bread, would you bow with me, please? Our loving Heavenly Father, we're so glad that you loved us so much you were willing to sacrifice your Son. And Father, we thank you for this bread which represents his body, a body that was tortured and brutally beaten. And we're so thankful that Jesus was willing to suffer that for us. And we pray that as we partake of this, that we do so in a manner pleasing to you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Would you bow with me as we give thanks for the fruit of the vine? Our loving Heavenly Father, we continue our thanks to you, this time for the fruit of the vine, which represents Christ's blood. That blood that cleanses us from our sins when we're baptized, that blood that continues to cleanse us as we walk in the light. And Father, as we remember Christ's death, we pray that as we partake of this, we do so in a manner pleasing to Thee. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Another act of our worship is giving as we have been prospered. There are several ways that uh, we're able to do that. There are collection plates at each of the entrances, and if you'd like to contribute that way, you may do so today. Would you bow with me, please? Our loving Heavenly Father, we're 
acknowledging that everything that we have comes from thee. And we're so thankful for the blessings that you've bestowed upon us. And we pray that as we give back a portion of that, that you would bless this contribution today. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. As Brother Todd comes to uh, share the re rest of the announcements with us and lead us in our closing prayer, I would just remind you that during Thanksgiving week, as has been our tradition, the midweek service will be on Tuesday night of, the <clears throat> of that week, and our intent is to have a Thanksgiving devotion. Um, Brother Doug Smith is, uh, may be contacting you where he will be coordinating putting together that devotion. Good morning. If you're visiting with us this morning, as always, we're glad that you're here and we invite you to come back at any opportunity that you may have. Uh, worship service this morning, we had 264. As always, be mindful of the bulletin, uh, the prayer list, those that are in need of prayer, the sick list, be sure that you are aware of who those are. And for the benefit of those who may still be uh, watching services from home, we're going to go over some of those this morning. Sympathy is extended to Tom Wade on the death of his grandmother, Miss Ola Wade, from the Hightown community in Alcorn County. Also, sympathy is extended to Sue Mason on the death of her uncle, Gaines Roten, who was buried in Decatur, Mississippi. And also remind everyone, visitation luncheon is today in the annex following morning worship. Uh, Jeremy asked me to announce the lad, the leader's song leading and songs of praise will not meet today. Uh, Bible Bowl, the 4.15 p.m. will be downstairs in the conference room. Last to leaders Wednesday, the gifts at 5.45 p.m. in room 106. This is for all girls, 6th through 12th grade. You do not have to be registered to lads leaders to participate in this class. Also, as always, devotional at Landmark Nursing Home and Rehab is today at 4 o'clock. If you're willing to help with this ministry, please see Jim Estes. Also, the Golden Circle Luncheon is this Tuesday at 11.30 in the Annex. The food pantry item this week is cornmeal. And as Brother Jim just announced, please make note that our Thanksgiving service will be Tuesday, November the 23rd. This will be our midweek service. Have a note I've been asked to read. It says, thank you for all your love, support, food, visits, and prayers during my recent surgery. The amount of love and care shown to me has simply been overwhelming. I feel truly blessed to have such a wonderful church family. Please continue to pray for my full recovery, Brian Rowland. That's all the announcements I have. If you'll bow with me, I'll dismiss us in prayer. Heavenly Father, once again, we thank you for the opportunity we've had to come and worship you in song and praise. Father, we're so thankful for the congregation here at Boonville and what it means to you and what it means to us and help us continue to encourage each one to go throughout life and be an example that will be pleasing unto thee. Father, we ask you to continue to be with the elders of this church that they may lead us in a direction that would be pleasing in thy sight. Father, we 
ask this evening as, as we go through a visitation luncheon that you may bless the food and the hands that prepared it, that might prepare our bodies for service for thee. Father, go with us throughout this upcoming week and continue to lead, guide, guard, direct, and protect us. But most of all, Father, we ask that you forgive us for we have failed thee. It's through Jesus Christ's precious name we pray. Amen. <laughs>